Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Sports Section, a podcast brought to you by the Rider News. My name is Carola Pascal, alongside with the two sports editors in uh, Sean Chorbanoff and Dylan Manfrey. And the first women's uh, basketball game was today, was today and uh, it was a rough, rough loss, uh, to say the least. Dylan, if you want to take the lead on that one, go ahead. <sighs> What was that? What was that? A 70 to 37 loss? That, oh my goodness. I didn't think it would be like that. I knew they were going to lose. I knew they were going to lose by a lot. I did not think the point differential was, was going to be 33 points. That was, that was something different. And to my surprise, Coach Milligan didn't even sound that upset. She didn't even sound that upset when I talked to her post game. Neither did Amanda Mobley. I don't know why. It's just them. It's just who they are. They, they don't get upset easily. Maybe if we were there and, like, you know, you see the facial expressions, that's one thing because facial expressions always say another, say another part of the story. But, damn, I would be pissed. I would be pissed. I know it's one game. I know it's the first game. I know they're coming off a rough couple weeks of practice, you know, coming off their quarantine. A lot of people are in the same position. So maybe maybe I'm in the minority in in my viewpoint there. But this is not this does not look like an encouraging sign right here. It really doesn't. They couldn't make their shots at all. They couldn't really defend it well at all. Villanova was exploiting their three two zone defense easily. Getting the ball in there. And then you saw players like Victoria Toomey, Teresa Wolak uh, on a couple of occasions and at Anna Eckerstedt, you know, just look, turning over their shoulder and finding a Villanova player, you know, cruising through the lane. It's It was a really rocky first impression, I would, to say the least. To wrap that up, it was a rocky first impression in my book. Yeah, I get what Dylan's saying, and unlike Dylan, I am very sympathetic for this team because they've been on pause twice. I know one of them was a briefer one because it was an inconclusive test, but nonetheless, they've had momentum kill, absolutely kill their preseason. They're going up against a significantly more talented team, maybe one of the 10 most talented women's basketball players in the country, and Maddie Segris. She dropped, she dropped, I think she dropped 40 in a game last year. She's the big... Or oh, 28 you're today, saying right? last year. Last yeah, year, it was 28 year. today, last year, sorry. Yes. So um, she, so that's the she was the Big East preseason player of the year. Probably should have won it last year as a freshman, but got robbed there. But I just, I mean, there's a talent. There's a reason Ryder goes and travels to Nova for these types of games. The better team gets the home games. Ryder goes up there for the experience, and that's what it was. And it was a real, real wake-up wake call. I'm sure Milligan took, has a couple takeaways from this. For example... I know you were surprised by this. Linasia Evans was in the starting five. I couldn't catch all of the game, but right. from what I saw, I know she wasn't amazing, but like considering circumstances, and I think she was matched up on Seagrist, she wasn't horrible. I really didn't think she was horrible. In fact, I was somewhat encouraged by what I saw from her. And Amanda Mobley, it wasn't her best performance, but I mean, when you consider the circumstances, was, I get that many it's... of other the other teams that, that we that and throughout the Mac are in the same situation as Ryder. But Nova is not in the same situation. I know. That's the only other team that mattered today. I know they're not in the same situation as Ryder. They're not even the same stratosphere as Ryder. You know, a big Mm – they were – I think they were ranked seventh in the Big East preseason poll. So, 
probably like a seven in there. That's at least, you know, top five in the Mac. You know, maybe top, top three, three, three probably. So their competition was definitely there for them. Matty Segrist is was definitely the the player to beat, as well as you know, as well as um, you know, Bella Runyon too. She I have the stats right here. You know, she had six points on fifty percent shooting. And and in twenty minutes, you know, she played a valuable twenty minutes. You know, her six points were you know, they were got all in the field. And, you know, even though she didn't even shoot a three-pointer, but, you know, she, she got a steal. She had two turnovers, one personal foul, two assists. Um, they really um, saw a, a contribution from her on the rebounds she, with uh, four rebounds, three defensive, one on the offense. But, yeah, it was it was a very interesting first outing for, for Ryder today. Um, I Something I did like to see – and Coach Milligan said this was intentional. Every player saw minutes, um, whether it be a lot or a little. We saw every player on the bench, and that was intentional because Coach Milligan wanted to get them exposed to playing at a Division One level. And what better, uh, what better opponent to do that than a Power Five opponent in Villanova? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that was I think it was a great experience for some of them, especially when you have a team with a tremendous amount of roster turnover, you know, six newcomers coming in granted. So, um, I think two of them in Lanasia Evans and Anna Eckerstedt are juniors or, you know, Juco transfers. Um, and then you have the four freshmen who they played a little bit. Michaela fireball, I believe saw the most time out of the four of them. You know, you got Sophie Bruinchis in the mix. You got Rafi Tarasat in the mix. And you got Molly Lynch in the mix for a couple minutes too. It was it was good to see all of them coming come into play. Um, I think Michaela Fireball was the only one who attempted a shot. Um, uh, maybe Sophie Bruin just did as well. Um, and a couple of nice defensive plays. Like I don't know if she got a steal, but there was one baseline play in the first half that I really liked that led to a turnover. She did a couple of things that didn't show up in the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that might be what some of these players do this season. They might. Um, contribute more off the ball and not get on the stat sheet as much and for a team that's used to having you know three four players play 30 plus minutes a game you know they're going to need some of those off the ball contributions from a lot of these players no it's just this is a learning experience it's game one but the games don't the games that matter don't start till december 11th that's what we got to remember in these times let's just conference don't do they have any more non-conference uh, they have a game against Drexel on the 28th. Okay. And that's at home. So, you know, they'll have the comfortability of their home floor. Uh, you know, it's funny. They actually played in front of fans today. Uh, Villanova had uh, tickets given out to uh, the families of the players. Uh, I think they were only allowed four tickets per player. Okay. Um, three or four per player, maybe. Um, so only immediate family, really, um, I'm sure. So... According to my schedule, let me pull it up right here. Uh, they have a game on the 28th and uh, December 2nd, which is home at against Army. Uh, then there's um, their last non-conference game would be December 5th against Delaware State, which is away. And then that brings us to uh, MAC plays, which is the 11th and 12th. 
And and we open up with Manhattan now, and that's gonna be that's gonna be a weird one now that Manhattan actually just had a positive test come in. Right. So what do you, what for what do you force? Assuming Ryder stays healthy, which we don't know, every anything can go up in flames at any time. What, how do you seeing like what you saw that how they come out? You saw how a team who had a two week quarantine affect them. How do you think Manhattan's gonna come out? Does Ryder have a kind of a bit of a boost now? You think going into that first MAC game, especially considering they're gonna be playing three or four non conference games. It's interesting you say that because I do believe the non-conference will give them a little bit of an advantage, you know, to find their identity. That was something really big for um, Lynn Milligan in, uh, you know, our conversation. And, um, you know, she just, she wants them to find their defensive identity. And maybe that's, maybe that means running a little bit more of the zone uh, defense today. I thought they did pretty well in the three, two, although it was exposed very easily, very quickly. But Villanova is a much quicker team. They, You could not have a lapse of judgment there. Villanova was more ready than Ryder was, for sure. Now, Manhattan has two weeks you know, off. That puts us to December 9th, I believe, I think. December 9th is two weeks from today. Yeah, I so think that so. Would give them only, so that would give them two days. Now, Manhattan has the has the advantages of, you know, two all-MAC preseason first-team players in uh, Courtney Courtney Worley and Paige, not Paige Warfel, she was on Quinnipiac a year ago, and um, Emily LaPont, who are both very good players and I think will carry Manhattan very far this season. I don't know if they're going to be number one. I think Fair, I still think Fairfield is going to be my top team at the end of the, at the, end of the season with Lou Lopez-Senechal and, and that whole crew because they are something different. Quinnipiac's up there in the mix as well. Um, I, but again, Manhattan has those two has those two players, whereas Ryder is still trying to find their identity. Um, I think Ryder will have an, a little bit of advantage. They'll have more games under their belt, certainly, you know, as Sean, you said. But I do think Manhattan's going to be a little more ready than that because they have the benefactor of more players who are more experienced than Ryder. However, Ryder does have the advantage of its depth on its roster. No, I see that. I mean, that again, we saw players that played 15 games today, or if you had a player, 15 players, or however many players on the women's basketball team roster all get time, they'll have, all have experience. That'll be crucial going up against a team, like you said, that has two for preseason first-team all-max selections. Yeah, and I would like to see – I would definitely like to see how, uh, you know, Lynn Milligan rotates some players into the – rotates, uh, you know, some of these players into the mix. I would love to see Maya Hyacinth do a little bit more of what she did uh, last season, you know, come in, shoot the three, get out. But I don't think she's – I think she's going to stay in, shoot the three, and stay in some more. So yeah. I would like to see a little bit more of that. I would also like to see a lot of, out of Lauren Saw, you know, stuff we didn't get last season. She ended up having to injury redshirt this season. She only appeared in three games. You know, we saw Sophia DeMauro. We really saw a healthy rider roster today. A fully healthy rider roster for the first time in a while. And that would and that's encouraging. You know, Sophie Bruin just battled a little bit of an injury. Um, earlier on in the preseason, she looked fine today. You know, Lauren Saw had had the knee injury last season. Sophia DeMauro was out 
Um, I think with her ankle a little bit for a majority of last season, she only played in a few games, you know. But now seeing a healthy team, once they develop and mature and grow into their own, I think could, you know, they could surprise some people. That's probably why they were picked seventh in the MAC preseason poll. Assuming they're all healthy and they're all, you know, playing at at their top level. You know, having a healthy roster, especially in this time, is an advantage that not every team can say that they have. Yeah. Plus, I I would also like to add that at least for the few games that they're going to have before uh, they play Manhattan, it's kind of just like for so many new players, it's kind of just a time to build some chemistry between each other with the games that they're playing. I agree. It's good. It's definitely encouraging to see, um, you know, their chemistry um, on the floor. I think their communication could be a little bit better, though. And I also think they're that um, finishing making and making easy layups that that really plagued them a lot today. They had they had good looks. They had good looks inside. Uh, Victoria Toomey got into some mismatches. Um, she had some mismatches who worked out to her advantage she just couldn't finish the shots so sean one question i wanted to ask you because you were watching the game a little bit too how do you think she looked in in her uh, first career start at center um wait sorry i actually missed the name you said i apologize victoria Sumi. um i tried i mean i thought she was outmatched a little bit inside i'm gonna be honest i don't remember the center's name for um villanova all the time i had over her what number 14 was her center right the one with an h um, um oh wait that's that's right. Ryers. Either That's, either way, uh, um, I felt like she looked a little bit outmatched inside. But again, I'm not going to be judging her off Power Five opponents unless they make it to the NCAA tournament. Surprisingly, I'm going to be judging her fair. off Mac. I'm going to be judging her off Mac. And there was one play that bothered me really early in the game. She took a bad hook shot, like really early from like 15 feet out, and I was like, it kind of like made my eyes turn. But like other than that, like there was nothing that made me go, oh my god. I mean. I, we know what Toomey provides. She can stretch the floor, a little bit of inside, a little bit of inside of the game, and you and she brings some hard nosed attitude. I thought she um, did that to the best of her ability today. I didn't feel I didn't I wasn't encouraged. I guess necessarily like oh my god, this girl's gonna be first team All Mac, but I did wasn't exactly like wow they need to replace her either. Like I I, I, I remain pretty neutral after today's performance. Yeah, um, Sean, the player you were talking about was uh, Brianna Hurley. Yes, who had, that's fun. Uh, who had eight points on four six shooting, um, eight rebounds, pair of, and a couple of assists, a block and, and three steals actually to her stat line. So pretty good for her. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like yeah, their. She had, she had a good game. I liked her game, and I, I liked how they played as a cohesive unit to Villanova. Um, you know, for Ryder, maybe I am be honestly, maybe I am being a little bit too harsh. You know, being that it is the first game. But my big concern is that I don't want that this type of performance to be the story for the rest of the season. Certainly not going into Mac play when the games really matter. Yeah, no, I'm sure I'm sure Milligan's along the same line as you, but uh, from what I know about her, her teams aren't underprepared. They usually never are. Sure, this is a weird year, but if anybody can figure this one out, it's a super coach Lynn Milligan, I guess. <laughs> Super coach Lynn Milligan. I mean, hey, she's in her thirteenth or fourteenth year right now at the helm of Ryder, so she's been around. She's uh, 
She th this isn't she's her first rodeo. Yeah, she's been yeah, around the block. This isn't her first rodeo for sure. Well, and going along off of that, uh, I know we talked about it a little bit on the last show, but the uh, the men's preview um, and the men's uh, games coming up soon, which don't start until December. Uh, if you guys want to talk about and talk about that a little bit, go ahead. Uh, sure. So, um, so we know the men's are gonna, men are going to start off against Manhattan, tenth and eleventh. I'm sure we'll really dive deep into that on our next episode. But the one that like the non-conference schedule finally got released. And they open up on December 5th against Syracuse. ACC opponent, Power 5, very good team, of course, very well-coached team. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame yet, but if he's not, future Hall of Famer Jim Behind, college basketball coaching legend. The Bronx will be going up to the Carrier Dome in Syracuse to face the Orange. And what I'm really looking for here is the guard matchup. Syracuse returns for their starters, but a very good point guard shooting guard combo but then i want to see how christian ings fares because that's gonna be the guy who's gonna lead who's supposed to lead the team they got joe gerard who's new york high school's all-time leading scorer who came off a very good freshman campaign and buddy Beheim, who is jim's son who, who should also be an all acc candidate this year who averaged like 14 15 points a game on a 37 percent shooting from three so am i expecting Ryder to win that one no not by a long shot but I'm really hoping we could see that certain players can come in, they could drive to the hoop, they can create their own shot against Power 5 talent, or they could see what I saw today from the women's team that I see glimpses of great defense, or I see strings of it. Because for the majority of the second quarter, Ryder and Villanova were like even in that quarter. Sure, they were down by 13, but they were down 11 after the first, and they went into the halftime down by like 13, and like the second units competed. It, it, was, a, it was an encouraging second quarter. It quickly went bad in the third but but i'm but like what i'm looking for are these small takeaways that i feel like could propel into the mac play i'm not looking for a rider win where i'm like oh my god they took down cues i mean would that be great yes it'd be a great game story to write but that's not that's not realistic what i'm looking for is okay they have a top 100 center coming in but he's an experience how can our third year center fare against him and a jury or how, how can they fare against this guy, that guy? I'm looking at the individual matchups, and I'm really hoping that certain players can prove that they can stand up to other players and maybe not get bullied. Because if you can stand up to Buddy Beheim and Joe Girard, and whether that's whatever guard duo we put out, whether that's DJ Murray and Christian Ings, if they could maybe even just not get completely outclassed by them and they could show that they're competitive, even if they're not outdueling them, then, I, then I'd feel comfortable with them playing any guard duo in the entire MAC. Because Buddy Bayheim, Joe Girard would beat any guard duo in the MAC, probably. That that that's how I look at this. This this is a team that has, like we talk about Rick Pitino, Jim Bayheim is right up there, and he's not. But Rick Pitino happens to fall on the MAC because of uh, some uh, scandals, and he you know he's had a very weird road to Iona, but. Uh, this is this. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for a win. I'm not looking like we like we'll probably lose this game by 20 or so, 25. But I'm looking to see. Hey, can Christian Ames get in? Can Christian Ames, an explosive athlete, get inside with Joe Girard or Buddy Beheim guarding him? Can Can DJ Murray stretch the floor? Can these guys play make? Can Ajiri show improved footwork inside and really get his own points against? The, against Syracuse because if you can do it against Syracuse you can do it against Manhattan you can do it against Fairfield you can do it against Marist you can do it against Monmouth so that's that's what I'm looking for in that game and then the other two non-conference games are NJIT on the 20 on the 23rd 
and Coppin uh, State on the 29th. So those ones will be in the midst of mat play. They'll be good for experience, but they won't have anything to do with standings. The way Baggett approaches those games, we'll see. But the most interesting piece of Mac news to come out today for me was Mammoth having a positive test. Again, I talked about it with Manhattan. That's so close. It's so close to the opening of the season. And I, I said it a thousand times in my preview. A, a positive test, COVID can affect. We saw it with Ryder today. They did not come out. They did not come out as good as we hoped. And they had a game, a Power Five game against Maryland canceled. But they open up their season with Rick Pitino and Iona two days after getting back. That's that's not very pretty. I mean, I'm not. The, and Iona just ended their quarantine. They're going to have two weeks of straight practice, two straight weeks of Pitino telling them, trying to knock this system into their head and. Mammoth, while they don't have as much turnover as um, Iona, well, might not be in as good a physical shape after their 14-day quarantine. And that's that's the effect. That's the wild card here. How does COVID affect the Mac? Everything is nice and dandy, but that's two of the, those, that, that's two of the top four teams in my preseason predictions, and that could really affect the postseason standings at the end. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think that the COVID – it's going to play a huge factor whether teams have to go into quarantine or not, like you said, Sean. And especially with teams not being able to practice for two weeks or teams just getting off of quarantine, having some weeks of rest or being super prepared to go into the season, I think it's going to be a wild ride, to say the least, for the MAC this year. Yeah. That's one way to describe it. That's... That's one way to describe it, Rolo. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, um, that's the only thing I can really think of is the way to describe how it's going to be. It's going to be the Wild West. Honestly. We, we don't really know how this is going to end up, but I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for hey, it. In the time. we made it this far. We made it this far. That's true. We did make it this far. That's we very true. It, we made it this far, so that's... Now, here's the, here's the other question. Do you think we're going to get the minute? Do you think we're going to make it to 13 games, the NCAA minimum, to be eligible yes. for the NCAA tournament? Yes, I think we will. And if and if we're not getting there, um, the MAC will figure it out. Even if they got to stuff a couple extra games in there, do I think? Do I think we'll get 20? No. Do I think we'll get? But I think we'll get 13. I think once season starts, the coaches like I think it's starting in three days after Thanksgiving. Coaches will basically have players on lockdown. Which I think they should sadly like 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 they'll be very they'll be um I wouldn't say lockdown lockdown but they will be they will be much more careful with seasons in jeopardy they will be thinking much more classes will be coming to an end so they'll have less exposure so it really I don't think it'll be as much of a worry until February as long as players and teams are smart because if you have a 14 day period you're missing four games which that brings you down to now 16 so you'd have to have two 14-day periods, which brings you down to 12, and then they could figure out an extra game in there. And that's all you need. You need six weeks and maybe an extra game if things go that bad. Or no, it's two, yeah, exactly. Two, 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 that would be two weekend series, assuming one of them isn't the Christmas break. So I think you can figure it out, whether or not. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about getting to 13 games. I think we'll get to the 13. I'm not sure we'll get, I don't think we'll get to 20, but I, th- I think we'll get to at least um, 13. Something I saw, and, you know, either either uh, one of you two can comment on this. 
I read an article in the Washington Post saying that the CDC might be lowering the quarantine days from 14 to 10. And a lot of a lot of sports reporters were, you know, sharing how that could be helping college basketball in terms of scheduling. How much of an asset do you think that would be for a team to quarantine for 10 days as opposed to 14? Do you think it changes that much? I mean, I, in the MAC setup, yes, it does. Because you look at the MAC setup, it's Friday, Saturday. So like, let's just say you test, let's just say you test positive today, you're playing next weekend, that would be 10 days. And then, or you test positive on a Friday, a Saturday. And then instead of missing as right. many days, like you could just fit those games in now. It depends on when you test positive, but instead of missing two weekend series, now you might only be missing one and you can, um, you you could really finish you could really get this season more in hand so i think it mm-hmm. does make a big deal especially in the max setup but I, it depends on each conference setup in my opinion i agree yeah i agree with that too i think it's if they do decide to make it 10 if the cdc does say that um and come out and comes out with that uh if at least for the mac like sean said you'd probably only be missing one one weekend so that's only you're missing two games instead of four, um, which then you have that week in February. Yeah, exactly. Where you could make, make up those you'll games. You'll make up the games. Yeah, and if they you needed know, to, ten... they could even make up more if they needed to somewhere else. Yeah, that you know that week isn't just reserved for MAC games. I don't think. Um, we all and we also don't know what. Um, I guess I think they're calling it like emergency powers. We don't know what emergency powers you know, the presidents are granting commissioner Enzer just yet, but I know they're, I guess they're in the works of that, you know, and granting him some, you know, and that's probably in the realm of, you know, scheduling when it comes to, you know, getting a game in, because it is important that teams get to, you know, those 13 games. Yeah. I think, I think I I agree with what Sean said with, uh, the 13 games, I think we'll get to that. I think it's really going to be somewhere between 15 and 16 is what most teams are going to get. Maybe be on the border with 14, 15, uh, but we'll see what happens. But either way, that's going to wrap it up for the podcast here today. Uh, you've been listening to the Sports Section, uh, a podcast a podcast brought to you by the Rider News. Have a good one, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, happy Thanksgiving, everybody.